0: Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery, and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach, who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get older. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Today, I want to welcome to the show a colleague, friend, thought leader, and influencer of mine, Danielle Savory. Danielle is a master certified coach specializing in helping women have a better sex life. She uses her background in neuroscience and mindfulness to help women unpack what is holding them back from pleasure and how to connect more deeply with their bodies. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Danielle.
1: Yay! I'm
0: so excited to be here, Kim. We're doing it. Yeah, we are. We. I know that all of our listeners, all their little female ears have just like perked up. Like, is Strobel going to talk about sex? Like, Strobel, the previous school teacher?
1: Yes! <laughs> I'm like, you don't know the Strobel I know, because we always are talking about sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, you know, but it's like one of those things,
0: you know, it's from previous generations of women like, Ooh, we're not supposed to say the word sex or talk the word sex or goodness gracious, enjoy the word sex. Um, and so it's like pulling the facade away from that
1: and saying like, this is an important part of our life. Yes, for sure. And I think it's even more than generational. It's even just now. And today it still has this like, you know, hush, hush, whisper, to it. Yes,
0: it It does. I feel like I always got my hand slapped when I would talk about sex. It was like, oh, well, (laughs) you you know, I mean, like, I don't know. I think sex is a beautiful thing, but I got to start this out because now that I'm thinking about previous generations, I have to share this amazing story. I don't know if it's amazing or not, but I about like choked on my eggs. So, you know, I have this amazing relationship with my 96 year old grandmother. Yeah. Right. And so we have these Friday lunch dates and we've had them for almost 20 years. And we talk about every. I mean, we talk about she's she's a very like spirit-filled woman, she's a faith-filled woman, she's a Catholic woman, she um is one of these people that has always kind of had a mindset towards positive, but we also sometimes talk about sex and we were at the local cafe. Um, this was probably two years ago and we were having a conversation and I was actually saying, Hey Graham, my husband forgot our anniversary for the second year in a row. So I don't know why, but that, that comment must've made her go straight to sex. And she said to me, she said, you know, Kimmy, in my day, we just, we just had to have sex. Like, even if we didn't really want it, you just had to do it. Like she even said something like, I don't know if she said something like the Bible expects you to, or I don't know what mm-hmm. it was. It was some kind of crazy thing that she threw out there. And she goes, You know, so I just had to do it whenever your grandpa wanted to. And then she looked at me and she said, But you know, I never really got anything out of it. And not only that, but I always had to do all the work. <laughs> and Danielle, so bad, I wanted to be like, So Graham. What was the work? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to ask because yeah. I was slowly choking on my eggs but I was just like you know a part of me was sad that my gram never knew that it could be a pleasurable experience and enjoyable and and intimate you know um and, and Part of me understood that her generation just functioned under a different set of norms, but we do feel some of that, like you said, even in today's society, not understanding what we need to
1: know about our own pleasure. So, yeah, well, I think like even that story, I love that you shared that story because it seems when we hear it with our, you know, progressive mind in today's era and like in this modern world. That seems like, oh, that's so, you know, back then. Like my Grammy told me very similar stories, right? But the crazy thing is is most women, not on a conscious level, but most women on a deeper subconscious level, still believe that. And and I see this in the most progressive, feminist women that come to me for coaching, there's still this underlying belief, this undercurrent that sex is for the man you know, we are a little bit more bold in saying, actually, I'm not into it tonight, right? But then we might say that so many days go by or so many weeks that we start to feel guilty, like, oh, I probably should give him a little bit of the sex. Right? right like, it's still about them. It's still about them. Like now I feel kind of bad. Like he's, it's been, a you know, a certain amount of weeks. I know he needs it. Oh. So I should give it to him. And again, this isn't like, most women are thinking this like consciously, or they even have beliefs. That's how it is, but that's how it plays out in a modern world, in a modern relationship with women who are like corporate CEOs and are breaking the glass ceiling in every other way. In the bedroom, we really haven't progressed
0: that much. I would tend to agree with you. I, I absolutely think that, um, Whatever that is, that it is deeply embedded in the cellular makeup of who we are as women.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I, I do. I, you know, it's funny because I, I've never minded talking about sex. I, I find the subject fascinating and invigorating, and it's to me just a part of life. And I think people always have kind of just known that about me, um, but. Now that you say that, so I, I'll give you an example from my own life where I found myself really, <clears throat> I, I don't know what it was. It's, it's still in me a little bit. Of course, I'm working on breaking more of that free, but you know how many women have started to do the boudoir pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like the sexy pictures and the sexy 90s and, or whatever. And I started to see different women that I admire be able to do those pictures. And I was really like, it made me sad because I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like not just for myself to tap into my own femininity, but like Mm -hmm. I also thought that would be a really cool thing to do for my husband as well. And for me. Mm -hmm. And so For a year, I coached myself on just calling and scheduling the appointment. And I kept trying to tell myself, like, what is it that's holding me back from doing this? And why does it feel so scary? And I kept saying, well, it's because I'm just a playful girl. Like, I'm playful. I'm silly. I'm not, like, seductive and serious and, you know, sexy. I have more of this, like, really playful personality. So whenever I have to put the sexy ninety on or whatever or try to be sexy, it just feels really uncomfortable to me. And then I'm like, well, why Kim Strobel can like step into the arena of bigness in so many ways, even, even when it comes to sex, but like, I can't put a sexy nighty on without being embarrassed and get my picture taken. Mm-hmm. So I worked with it for a while and then I just scheduled it. I just scheduled it and I did it. Mm-hmm. And then it stayed hidden in a special box for a year and a half because I could not bring myself to show my husband. I showed my girlfriends, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't give it to my husband because I was like, he's going to think like, this isn't my wife. This isn't her. She's, you know, like I was afraid he would laugh or think I was silly or whatever, I tried three times to bring it out and do it. I couldn't do it. So last May, when we went on our adult-only trip to Cancun, which as you know, we just got back from that. Mm-hmm. But last May, I took it on the trip and I said, I'm going to drink three blue Hawaiians and then I'm going to give it to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I did. Lower the inhibitions. I did, yes.
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but I'm speaking this because it's like some people – I I understand that they're like, oh, I couldn't even do a fraction of that. But what is that, Danielle, that is inside of us as women that what's the
1: struggle, you know? Yeah. Well, there's so many layers to that. There's so many things like immediately that I would be like jump into a coaching session. Yeah. Let's coach. We're not coaching. (laughs) But, But one of the first things like that just stood out to me, right, is the idea of what sexy is because you're like, I'm playful and this is sexy. So part of it is like, A lot of women were trying to fit into what we've been fed as what sexy looks like, what a sexy woman is, how we view sex instead of finding sensuality and sexiness within us, right? So when we see like as amazing as these these shoots are, oftentimes the way that they're marketed is like come here and then be sexy. But the sexy is very much... Focused on the male perception of what they find sexy. And that's to me more what I find that resistance for you is like, this isn't really, you know, me. Like, there's bravery and courage to take your clothes off, right? Like, I think that it's embracing ourselves as a woman, embracing our sensuality, but embracing our sensuality and our femininity and our sexiness doesn't mean it's lingerie. I hate. Like, can I swear on here? I hate yeah. lingerie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, I hate effing lingerie. Like they're scratchy. It's not comfortable. It, But that doesn't mean that when I step into my sexuality as a woman, when I step into my sexual confidence, I need to go put on something that my husband has been told is what a sexy woman oh, does. That's so good because here's what I ended up doing. So
0: I allowed myself to have like one or two of those outfits, but then I like my favorite picture is the one where I seriously just took like a soft cream shawl and wrapped it around my body because that is me. I'm just more natural like that. And so though that those ended up being my favorite ones because I was like, okay, but this is, this is Kim's idea of sexiness versus I don't have to be in the lace thing with a you know, thong or whatever. Right. Um, And so I did go into that session, picking things that made me feel a little bolder than normal, but also picking things that felt like this feels, I feel good in my skin in this.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think that brings such a different um, flavor to this whole experience of what I coach so many women on is when we start focusing on what we, what the reflection we see in the mirror is, or what we see on a picture and like sensuality and sexuality comes inside. It's how you feel in your body. Like feeling turned on has nothing to do with like what is out here. It's your ability to connect to your body and feel those sensations. And when you're in in touch with those sensations, it lights you up. You can't help but being sexy. (laughs) Like you can't help but being sensual. This is who you are at the core when you get in touch with your body. So let's talk
0: about that because I know a lot of our listeners are like, okay, but what how do I do that? What does that look like? How do I get in touch with my body, Danielle? Like,
1: are you (laughs) wanting me to touch myself or what? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have it now. Yes. Yes. Well, I know it sounds like super woo woo, but it's not like we're actually in touch with our body a lot more than we think, but we're not doing it on purpose. Right. So it's like, you might feel you're full and you're like, Oh, I can't eat anything. That's because you're aware of the sensation of fullness in your stomach right? Or when you're sick. So a lot of times our attention is captured by our body when there's discomfort, like a pain, an ache, a headache, whatever. So the practice is allowing yourself to connect to your body, not just because there is a problem, but because you're just bringing presence to it. And so I have a number of processes that I take my clients through, a number of practices that I send them home with to do this. But something like just really simple um, is I have like clients like doing mindfulness when they're brushing their teeth. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can I be in my body when I'm brushing my teeth? Usually, you know, a lot of people have like the two minute, you know, electric toothbrushes. Well, that's two minutes that you could be in your body. So it's like allowing yourself to ask your brain questions. Like when do I notice the mentiness starting to fade? What does the vibration feel like on my teeth, on my gums? Like letting yourself and your awareness rest in your mouth. And I know that sounds really weird and foreign, but your brain's going to start to think about to do's or what you're going to do at bed or how you're going to get to sleep or whatever it is. And then you just are like, Oh, thinking, okay, back to my mouth. What do I notice right now? how does it feel on this tooth and then this tooth? And you're just giving, prompting yourself with questions. Um, So that's like just a really easy way to practice getting in your body. And then of course, if we want to, you know, get more in touch with our sexual pleasure, then you need to practice like being in your vagina, like connecting with your vulva. And that sounds, I know even more further out there, but it's like, Getting out of your head and how do I connect with like what does it feel like down there? what am I noticing? what sensations are present, and training your brain to connect with this part of your body more?
0: Yes, and to not feel so you can't I guess whatever you feel you feel, but I can imagine a lot of women feel sh- would feel shame around doing something like that, you know um, which I know brings up all, all of the other stuff, but something really simple that my clients, um, that I have them do because we focus so much on self love is I make them like, give themselves a kiss every day. Like Mm -hmm. just put your lips on your wrist or on your arm and fill your lips and give yourself a kiss because think about everything that your body and your brain and your emotions and everything and you never acknowledge that you're allowed to love the one person who creates the machine that runs you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're really freaked out at first by that. They're like, so I'm supposed to kiss myself?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a number of things like, you know, there's, there's practices that I take women through to connect into their bodies. And then there's a whole separate thing that we do, which is just really developing that relationship with yourself of love, right? Love and where we're not rejecting certain body parts. Like, why is it okay to kiss your hand, but it's not okay to touch yourself? Like in a pleasurable, sexually pleasurable way, right? Right. So how do we begin to expand the love that maybe you have for certain parts of you to be for all parts of you not just your body but like your desires your wants like how do we allow that love to expand out to all of us so that we can connect with our pleasure because the like every single woman is wired to experience extreme pleasure and yet we're keeping ourselves from this this gift that our body is giving us because of what we've been taught and what we've learned and how sex has been presented to the woman, especially in this country.
0: So if you were going to present the word sex to a woman, mm-hmm. how would you present it?
1: Well, that it's uh, it's possibility. I think that it's possibility for pleasure. So many women, when I present the word to them, it's like and it changes at different points in their life, right? I think that's important or different points in their relationship. Uh, But it's, it can be like, oh, it's a chore, or it's another thing I have to do, or maybe a place where there's pressure, or it's presented as like, I'm not really sure. And sex is often presented in a very narrow view, where it's, Um, you know, it's male focused, it's male orgasm focused. It's like penis and vagina sex versus like sex is so much broader than that. And the way that it's been presented to us is that is the main course. And I that's the only course. (laughs) Right. That's the only course. It's the main course. Like I hate the word foreplay because that indicates that what we do ahead of time isn't as important as what we're leading up to, like that, the leading up to should be the goal. But for most women, that isn't where we experience our pleasure. That isn't where we feel connected to ourselves and our partners. Like the foreplay, quote unquote, is the main course. So instead, starting to think of this as like you're going to a restaurant of tapas where like there's a lot of little plates. There's not one like shiny star. It's just all part of the experience of sharing a sexual relationship with yourself and your partner.
0: So I guess, do you work with women who, I mean, they just don't, they say, I don't have the desire and I want to
1: have more of the desire I work with a range of women. So some women come to me and they are not having very good sex. Like they're not orgasming. They're not really finding any pleasure. Um, It's something they don't really look forward to. Right. I also have women that are having like great sex. They're having orgasms and they just want to know what else is there, but they do find that even though it is really good, it's it's still further down on their list. Like maybe they're a lot of the women that I talk to, they're doing something in the world, right? Like whether it's a business or an impact or like, like they're excited about impacting the world and showing up in a powerful way. And what they find as, as they get excited about these projects is they would rather do this than spend time thinking about sex or connecting with sexuality, or it becomes like, no, I want to go record my podcast tonight. Like, I don't want to actually have sex. Right. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, honestly, the main thing that I hear though, is just like, I'm tired. Like it's the end of the night I've been doing, you know, my job or taking care of kids or doing all this other stuff. Like, why would I want to have sex? Like, it just does. It seems like, One more thing on top of our already very full plate. So to answer your question, yes, they do want to want it, but there is this thing, but like, I have a lot going on, or I'm tired, or it just doesn't seem that important. So it's really how do we bring like sexual pleasure to the table as a important player in what we're looking at as our overall life.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by me. And my She Finds Joy course, that's my 90-day guided journey that unleashes your happiness and helps you fully step in to your power as a woman so that you can begin to make big things happen. I know that each and every one of us is capable of stepping into the arena of bigness. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness, our bravery, and our bigness in this world. And I'm here to help you do just that. You can sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know at kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. Again, that's kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. So, I mean, I have a million questions and I'm trying to decide <laughs> which direction I'm, I'm thinking about our listeners. Yeah. I'm- Thinking about my own experience, I'm thinking about my girlfriends, and there's all these different scenarios. Which, you know, and I know that we always want to say, well, you know, this is the goal, but like, how often should we
1: be having sex? I think it totally varies. Like, I'm not going to answer that question because I, <laughs> I think it completely. As much, I wanted to hear you yeah, say. Yeah, like I think it completely varies. It's more a question of like where, like, what are my reasoning behind this decision? One thing I would say is that schedule sex. Mm. Like schedule it. Like put it on your calendar because the thing is, is we think this is just going to happen. Sex doesn't just happen and good sex doesn't just happen. It's not something that we just like fall into, right? Like you wouldn't like hope that you're just going to go on like a magical tropical vacation, right? Right you plan it you put it on the calendar you figure out the details you you know you pack your suitcase you get the sunscreen you do all these things to ensure that you have this fabulous vacation it doesn't just happen and there's somewhere in you know the media and the messages that we're getting that are you know indicative that good sex or sex in general should just be this thing that magically occurs and i'm here to tell you that's just not the way it works especially in modern day especially with as many things that we have going on especially with our devices and all of the distractions there's no reason to assume sex should just happen we make it happen on purpose with intention because we want a life full of pleasure
0: i i think that is such a good point because i think some people are resistant when they hear that, you know, like, well, I'm supposed to schedule sex. Yes. Like if you want to be having sex, you need to schedule it. You need to put it on the calendar. It's whatever non-negotiable it's happening at 7:30 tonight or, yeah. you know, and so, but what, okay. I have a couple of questions. So what about one of the th- complaints that I hear from a lot mm-hmm. of women is like my husband is really good to me, but like, We've been married now for, I don't know, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And like, we just go straight to the main course and Mm -hmm. there is no foreplay and I miss all of that. Or there's no kissing anymore. There's no making out anymore. Like, and actually I hear this from men and women, but especially women. Mm -hmm. And so what does a woman do who says like, I, I need to have more foreplay. Like we need to make like the kissing shouldn't just stop after we've been married for 10 years. Like, but that's what's happening. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the first thing to realize is the victiminess of that story right that your your pleasure is outside of you that it's not in your control and it's not in your power to change like oh my husband isn't doing this like this is and i'm saying this to you all in the most loving way women out there right but like why are you giving your sexual pleasure all the power to your husband this is something that we need to remember if we really want it in our lives it's our Um, responsibility to, to take it back. Like, what am I doing to create this? How could I change this? How could I initiate a kiss? How could I speak up when I want to keep, you know, like having the touching and the kissing and the caressing and I want to elongate that? Because it doesn't, again, this doesn't just happen. You're allowing it. To happen. And we can have talks, we can have communication, but it really is coming back to how are you showing up as a woman who is looking at sex for her pleasure and how is that playing out, right? This isn't, again, something we are just letting happen to us. We can create the environment both within ourselves and in our relationship so that we can have more pleasure.
0: So, can you give us an example of that? Like, what could a woman do to kind of get herself to, to feed herself that way without relying on her spouse?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is taking a look at what you're thinking, right? So your mindset behind it, like he should be kissing me more. He should be touching me more. Like really taking a look at that and just realizing when you're thinking those thoughts, what happens? Like if you're like him, like right now, if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, my husband, you know, should be kissing me more. How do you feel in your body when you think that?
0: I mean, I think if I was thinking that in my body right now, I would feel, I don't know, like, am I not attractive?
1: Does he not enjoy it? Does he, I mean, I would think- But like, how do you feel like if you're really thinking that thought, like what happens in your body, like sensation wise, what do you notice? Oh,
0: I feel like probably if I'm thinking that, like- it's like resistance, like yeah. pissed offness and anger, and like this block on my chest. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Blame me for sure. Right. You shut down. There's a wall up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, ladies this is not what's going to allow pleasure to enter, right? This is like literally the kryptonite to your pleasure. When you're thinking these thoughts, just notice that you've just put on that steel garter belt, like nobody's business and nobody has the key or the lock to it. So we have to see that the way that we're looking at our husbands and the way that we're looking at our relationship in these shoulds What sensations is that creating in your body? And seeing that these really aren't serving you if your goal is truly to feel more connected, if your goal is to truly allow for more love, and if your goal is then to experience sexual pleasure, this is just poison to your mind and it's going to shut your body down. So the first thing that I do is really take a look of like, what are, what is literally blocking me from pleasure in my body? Nobody's going to be wanting any nookie when you're feeling like resentment and closed up and tense. Right. So that's like the first thing you just need to bring awareness to is like, what are all of these type of thoughts that I'm thinking that are closing me off ahead of time and on purpose then how would i rather be like if i was a woman who was turned on if i felt you know um if i was desiring like if i had that desire what would i be thinking and believing about my husband right so it might be questions like um like Oh, like you're just noticing how he's looking at you and you're bringing appreciation and warmth and allowing yourself to feel that more. So you go over and kiss him, right? So you touch him longer. And then as far as like in the moment and in the bedroom, I think like oftentimes we can have this conversation ahead of time, like, i would like you know i'd really like to spend more time doing xyz you know before we go to like the traditional sex right or um or just being like hey 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 hang, hang out here for a little bit like this is and and I don't want to say stroking the ego, but like encouraging them, like this feels so good. I love it when you're doing this. Can we keep staying here for a little bit? I'm so enjoying this, right? Like letting them know the things that you are relishing in and enjoying and loving and slowing it down from that. Not like we're not getting there. Like don't like it's, it's the difference between helping them see what you are enjoying rather than saying, can we, can you just stop doing that? Right. Like, that's going to shut the whole conversation down. So like, I love this. I love it. When you touch me like this, this feels so good using your, even like your moans or directing um, your partner's hands to certain parts of your body that feel good. That's a direct way in the moment that you can help. Yeah, that's. That
0: I think that's so helpful to hear that, that sex is something that does require communication in order to be more fulfilling and to be more intimate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like what you're saying about like, let's quit the blame game because we have these stories that we tell ourselves about our spouse that are really untrue stories, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, Maggie Reyes and I talked about that. She said so many times, you know, she'll have one of her clients say, well, my husband's just not into me. And then she makes them look for evidence all week long of, of ways that he is letting her know, like, you know, he, he, uh, complimented her dress or he, he fixed supper or he volunteered to do something extra with the kids. And because she wasn't noticing all of that, she's telling herself a story that is a very untrue story that is of her own creating And so as women, don't you think a lot of that is our responsibility? It's the, it's the stuff that it's our baggage that needs to be like reconciled and, and taken care of so that we can bring our fullest version of who we are into that relationship or into the bedroom or any of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's. It's the narrative that's playing out in our head. That's really blocking us from the thing that we want, right? Whether it's more loving connection, more intimate connection, more sexual pleasure, all of the above. And this is part of the reason I chose to name my podcast. It's my pleasure because I really want to give that responsibility back to women that even if your husband is clueless, even if like you might not have such like open lines of communication, you can still experience so much more pleasure in your body. Just from the way that you're showing up, the way that you're thinking, the way that you're, um, you know, behaving and interacting with your partner, it's not dependent on them changing. It's really how are we thinking that's creating how we're feeling that's blocking us from desire, that's blocking us from pleasure in the first place.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you had recommended this book, but I think one of the books that just was allowed me to break open even more, even though some people would be like, Oh, I don't know that you need to break open even more. Kim <laughs> but, um, but it was a uh, pussy, a reclamation by, um, is that mama Gina? Mama Gina. Yeah. 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 Oh, that book was so powerful. Like I feel like every woman should read that book because it really is about how we can love that part of our body and, and, and really replace the shame stories around that. Right. I mean, I know it sounds like such a silly thing, but it's like, okay. Like one of the things that was a term that I always use because one of my friends always used it was like, Oh, when they're talking about somebody going all in on something like, Oh, she's all in on her business or he's all in on his exercise. They would say like, they're going balls to the wall. Right. Yeah. Because, right. Right. But cause that's what we, Oh, or she has a set of balls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like when you think about the vagina, the vagina is like so much stronger. I mean, look at what the vagina can do. It can give yeah. birth to a child. It can stretch to like, I don't know how many times its size. And so, but we have to pretend like the male anatomy is so much so powerful. Yeah. So <laughs> powerful. When in fact, we hold the powerful treasure within ourselves, but we're afraid to say it by its name or good Lord, let's not look at it or touch it or, you know, yeah. and so that book was such a scientific way to, of understanding to that, that we can honor this part of our body, just like we honor our mind or we honor a good set of, you know, hair on our head or whatever, like that is a part of the body that needs to be acknowledged and honored and not shamed.
1: Right, well, I think it 's like the part of the body that needs the most love and acknowledgement, and because as women in the way that we 've grown up it 's been rejected and as a as a consequence of that we 're very, very disconnected, you know a lot of times with women they 're surprised when I take them through a number of exercises like how they haven't given themselves permission so it's like when we to really feel and I'm not saying touch but like notice what's going on with your mind and as you know as we start to do this work they see that their pleasure is expanding it's not that they were ever broken or there was something wrong with them or anything else but we subconsciously have been trained to leave this part out right? Like this is going to get me in trouble. And in a lot of ways it's unsafe, right? I'll either feel shame. I'll be slut shamed if I do let myself do this, or I'm going to be like, it's off limits because of conservative backgrounds or religious backgrounds or anything, or wait until you're married. So it's even like under conditions, wait till I'm married. Oh, and then it's okay for a short period of time. Oh, but now you're a mom. Like you probably shouldn't because you know, like that's like, you know, like off limits. Moms don't have sex. and then Yeah, that's as bad as being a school teacher. School teachers don't have sex. Yeah, nobody. Like it's like there's so many like restrictions on women of when, how, where we are allowed to experience this part of our body and it's absolute bullshit because it is our body. We can experience our sexuality and our pleasure at all times of our life, at any given times. And we just have to remember that it's In our power, and it is our responsibility then to tap into it. I love that. And tell us the name again of your
0: podcast because I know you have piqued the curiosity of a lot of women who, you know, what I love about you is that you have such an in depth understanding of the neuroscience of the brain and how the brain is working on our behalf or sometimes sabotaging us and what's actually happening in our brains that is either inhibiting. Our ability to really reach for more pleasure of all kinds in our life, including sexual pleasure, and to do so with confidence and courage and and love and and not feel. So afraid to go
1: there. So yeah, is it called? It's my pleasure. That yeah, the- it's it's my pleasure. And and thank you for that because I think a lot of women they hear, you know, sex coaching or talking about sex and they're apprehensive and like, are am I going to just be on there telling you about sex toys or positions? And that's absolutely not my approach at all. It's really like I believe that the biggest sexual organ is our brain, and so how do we use our brain to you know, to our advantage, and you can have the most quote unquote boring basic vanilla sex and it can blow your mind. Mm. And I think that's something that some women are, you know, a little timid about is like, what is this actually going to look like? It could look at the exact same that it does now, but your experience of it is tenfold. I love that. I love that. Um well where can people find more of Danielle Savory? Yeah. So you can check out my podcast. It's my pleasure. It's on all of the, I don't whatever they're called, the podcast yeah. channel things. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll drop it in the show notes Yeah.
1: Too. And then um, on Instagram, it's just Danielle Savory Coaching. Uh, on Facebook, of course, too. And then my website is daniellesavory.com. Yeah.
0: Well, I know that we'll have you back because you're one of those people that can, I know you did a mindfulness Um, episode for the people who are in my She Finds Joy program, where they're just learning to be mindful, even like you said, from brushing your teeth to meditation to understanding the link between that and sexual pleasure. Um, And so yeah, I definitely give hats off to you because you are somebody who doesn't do just surface level you really get at the root of what's happening behind the scenes and I appreciate that just from one woman to another
1: so thank you and thank you for being here thanks for having me it's been fun as always
0: we did it thank you so much for listening in on the she finds joy podcast today I'm honored to share this space with you and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you.